This past week, Pittsburgh lost a champion of craft beer. For the last 20 years, he dedicated his life to promoting and advocating for craft beer, for the growth of it, for the love of it. And now he's up in heaven making sure that they have good beer on tap. And if they don't, there will be soon. I believe Scott Smith said that in a tweet. Or it could have been a Facebook post. Simply known as the beer man, Tony touched hearts and livers. Stretching from Buffalo, probably over to Cleveland. He was all over the place, let's be honest. Tony was, Tony was all over. And I have many fond memories of him, uh, especially the, I have a picture of the first time that we met, which was at Beer on the Bay, the original Beer on the Bay up in Erie. And in 2009, he had asked me to co-host beer school with him. And that will go down as probably one of the best moments I have ever had in craft beer, especially with should I drink that. I was humbled at the time. I'm humbled now to talk about it. It was an amazing experience. And for the first and probably only time ever, I'm going to re-release a show. This is episode 55 from September 24th, 2009, when the beer man and I hosted Craft Beer School. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, head to Piper's on Thursday night, August 3rd. And Jason Sircone from Breaking Brews will be hosting a little memorial. Actually, it's going to be a big memorial. Uh, Jason's hosting a memorial for people to come down and talk on mic about their favorite Tony memories. If you have the opportunity, go to Piper's Pub on the south side, 6.30 till probably they kick you out. Jason's saying 11 or so, but I have a feeling that he might have a long line of people. Get down there. Talk about your favorite Tony memory. Have a couple beers and uh, and smile. We might have lost a friend, but we'll never forget him. Thank you, Tony, for everything. Lily Petros from iHeartPGH.com joining us right now. Hi, Lynn. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. After the big win, we're good. It's it's uh, been an exciting 24 hours for Pittsburgh. <laughs> it has. The city looked beautiful, huh, on television? It, it looked amazing. Well, now it, we know it's amazing, so we're glad that it was portrayed that way. And tell us all the amazing things that you can do in the bar this weekend. It's an amazing weekend in Pittsburgh, I'll say that. Okay, good. The guys from Should I Drink That, Pittsburgh's favorite beer podcast, are running the craft beer school at the theater at um, Cabaret Square. Theater Square Cabaret, the, the theater there, but $25 beer sampling. I think they're doing a live podcast. Um, they're a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Lindsay. You're the best. We'll see you. That's Lindsay Petros from iHeartPGH.com, premier website for all things Pittsburgh. Warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause you to become confused as to what liquids you should drink and liquids that you shouldn't, such as liquids with volatile sensitivity to changes in temperature and or pressure, liquids that require two mechanical seals to stay put, non-lubricating liquids that produce gases and or solids that may or may not be abrasive, liquids that are seriously goddamn sensitive to agitation, liquids that react with each other to form a solid, which is an absolute nightmare, take it from sick puppy, or limitlessly lubricating 
liquids and nightmare at the other end of the rectum. spectrum. Take it from Spoon. And lastly, anything at all consumed by the boys at ShouldIDrinkThat.com. All right, folks, we've got a lot of ground to cover tonight here at Craft Beer School, so if you all get to your seats, we're going to get started right away. Want to welcome everyone tonight to Craft Beer School for the fall session. School is back in, and we're very excited about the next four months and four presentations that we have coming up for you. My name is Susan Sternberger. I'm going to give you a little bit of an idea of what we're doing here in just a moment, but let me remind you this is your time for the next hour and a half. You're here to enjoy yourselves, maybe learn something. Take this moment to maybe put your cell phones on vibrate or turn them off so that they don't interrupt our panelists when they're speaking. And if we can... Uh, Possibly because we are recording this program tonight, not uh, video, but audio-wise. If you could uh, keep the noise level down so that we can hear the presentation and not have too many sound conflicts, that would be much appreciated. Exits are at the back. You all knows where, where, excuse me, know where those are. Big red signs. Exit in case of emergency. Tonight's um, menu from Tony Pies features a pumpkin soup and a kielbasa sausage with onions, both of which are made with lots of beer. Um, if we do have vegetarians here who would like a special plate, if we get a show of hands so we can take care of you as well. Brian here is going to count. If you hold him up for a few minutes for us, please, a few seconds. Now, our um, show that is here now, 8-Track, The Sound of the 70s, is leaving. Uh, next week is the last few performances. That will be followed by Forever Plaid that is coming back to the Cabaret Theater Square. So if you've never been here for a show and you've only attended beer school, you should come down some night. It's a very, very nice evening. We also have salsa dancing here every Friday night. And on Saturdays, it's usually our comedy night. We have a special presentation in honor of the G20 this Saturday night called The G20 Big Shots Invade the Berg. And it's John McIntyre, Gab Benesso. We have Vic Walzak from the ACLU, Tony Norman from the Post-Gazette, and Dr. Cyril Wecht, who we consider Pittsburgh's top comedian, on a panel presentation. <laughs> And they're go it's oh, going to be basically uninformed citizens invade the healthcare debate. So if you want to have a good laugh, admission is five bucks, folks. You can't beat it. And if you've been to another show downtown and you have your ticket stub from that night, we let you in for free. So definitely check us out for that. I wonder if uh, Paul Mice, are you here? Paul, stand up, would you? Paul, uh, congratulations, by the way. He won his tickets to come to tonight's performance from a Twitter. Now, I didn't choose this. Was this you that made the choice? Actually, it was my six-month-old son. Okay. He just kind of started hitting the Your six-month-old son yeah. picked this one. And that was the first one that stuck to his hand, so we, we went with that. So the question was, why should we give you free tickets to beer school? And his answer was, I'm ready to go back to school, beer school, I'll be the valedictorian of Pittsburgh Craft Beer School, and my GPA will be below .08. So <laughs> thank you and welcome. Um, Paul, can you stand up again, Paul? Don't hide. Come on. Are you a virgin to beer school? First time. Or any other virgins in the house, please stand up. Stand up. If you've stand never up. been to beer school, please stand up. Wow, give him a round of applause for doing the right thing. Welcome. All right, we're going to get right down to it tonight. Our class features something entirely different. So for those of you who have never been to beer school, this is not what it's like. What can I tell you? It's always fun, though. Um, we're going to be podcasting tonight 
for a program called Should I Drink That? This is a current internet radio show that specializes in craft beer reviews and industry news. It's hosted by Father Spoon and Sick Puppy, has been since May 5th of 2006, and SIDT, as we call it, continues to grow. Now, you can tell they wrote this for me. Continues <laughs> to grow a legion of fans worldwide. After three years, 54 episodes, 245 beers, and over half a million downloads later, Pittsburgh's Bad Boys of Craft Beer remain committed to bringing informative and entertaining views of craft beer culture, which is what we're all about here, too. Their motto, just so you know it, is, even if it's crap, we drink it so you don't have to. <laughs> you are welcome to stay after tonight's presentation and meet the panelists. They'll be here for a little while to hang out and take your questions if you don't want to... Uh, Put your question out to us at the end of the program. We do have a little time for Q&A. So please welcome Douglas Durda, a.k.a. Father Spoon or Spoon, along with our favorite beer guy, Tony Nippling of Vicini Distributing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am the most reverend Father Spoon, and thank you for coming out to the special edition of Beer School at the Cabaret at Theater Square. i got to get used to this microphone right in front of me here. I'm used to a big pop guard and headphones and all this jazz around me. So we are Pittsburgh's premier craft beer podcast. Uh, if you're asking what a podcast is, basically we're an internet radio show. And we're not censored. So we do carry a very big explicit tag. Because what happens when you're hanging around with your friends, you want to have a good time, you're having a couple beers, your tongue's going to slip a little bit. And, well, that happens a lot with us. So I'm proud to be here tonight with uh, Tony the Beer Guy. We Hello, got everybody. Four fine craft beverages here. And uh, six pup, sick pup, he couldn't make it tonight. He was. Right. Uh, we are missing away. one of yes. half of SIDT. Unfortunately, he's working this evening. He got the bad news that he has to work during beer school, and he called me crying about a half hour ago. So, sick puppy, you're lost. I'm drinking your beer. Okay. Um, I guess we can get started with the beer school portion. I see the food's coming out. Um, we would like to open the first beer. So the Victory Fest beer um, is the first beer we're going to do. Um, a couple quick things while we're pouring the beer and getting ready. Um, again, we do four beers tonight, and uh, usually we have a theme for the beers, but uh, other than some fall beers, the theme is the podcast. Um, so I picked some beers that were somewhat familiar to us. Um, we had the uh, owner from Victory in for one school. If you were all here, Bill Kovaleski was here. So I thought we would do one of his beers. And I wanted to do a pumpkin beer because pumpkin beers are the hottest item out there in the fall. So I picked Dogfish Head. Um, and then we were doing a beer from Scotland, which is new to the area, um, the Brew Dog, which uh, two gentlemen in Scotland started in their uh, younger guys. Um, they also came highly recommended by Stone Brewing, who has been at the beer school also. We had the brewer, one of the brewers from Stone Brewing. So the brewer from Scotland, James Watts, went to Stone and made a beer with them. And uh, Greg Cook from Stone is enamored with this beer. So since both he and I were, I thought we should do it. Um, and lastly, we also have friends the Trogues were in. Uh, the owners of Trogues came to do beer school, so I thought I'd make it a uh, open and closing with someone that we're familiar with. So there's uh, a quick take on the four 
four beers and why I picked them. Um, the Java Head Stout is a brand new beer. Not too many people have tried it. The Punk Beer is brand new. The other two are seasonals. So let's indulge the first beer. So in my opinion, this is uh, on the classic side of uh, Oktoberfests, uh, malty, amber, lager. This is what they would make in Germany with uh, these guys, I think, kicked up the hops just a little bit. But um, it's one of my favorites, so I picked it. So you familiar with some of these beers, Doug? I'm sure oh, you've drank them. We've had quite a few beers yes. in our time. Yes. I will say that. The bitterness from the hops that I'm getting out of this. But it also has a nice smooth finish. Mm. That's just kind a little of, addicting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hops kind of fall off, but you know they're there. Mm -hmm. Where some of the uh, fest beers can be a little, a little sweeter, a little more coiling. So this, this kind of breaks the, the trend a little. So it's just quite a little bit different. So that if you had four or five Oktoberfests together, it just wouldn't all be the same beer. Or it would, this would stand out a little bit, I think. Plus, I think with this coming out at 5.6% alcohol by volume, that this is going to make probably the top level of your session beers if you're going to pick one. Because you don't want anything with a lot of kick to it if you're going to be doing your session beers. But this has a lot of flavor, a lot of character to it, and not really that much alcohol in it. It's, it's still, uh, still hefty. But that's a, uh, that was a little segue into November 17th. We have session beers with Lou Bryson. <laughs> Which session beers are another term for... A little lower alcohol beers with full flavor, so the magic of a brewer is to get a lot of flavor out of a, a small amount of alcohol. And there's a, a little bit of divergency on what is a session beer, and I hope Lou Bryson explains it. <coughs> but I believe uh, session beer should be about 4.5 and lower, um, but that's uh, arguable. So enough with the session beers, but come November 17th and hear more. And one of the other rules that we have on Should I Drink That also is, uh, since we have had quite a few beers in our three years of uh, recording shows, we do get some bad ones, some really bad ones. And our rule is nothing is ever drain-worthy, so if you want, chug it. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, unfortunately, we've made that mistake with quite a few uh, high-alcohol beers. So in other words, yeah. if, instead of, if you don't like a beer, instead of dumping it, you chug it. Exactly. Okay. Now, most of our shows are roughly around an hour long when you listen to it. Uh, you can get to our shows by either downloading them from iTunes. You can go to our website, which is shouldidrinkthat.com. Nice little plug for it. Yeah. Easy to remember, too. And uh, you can download it from there. Like you said, subscribe from iTunes. Uh, there's an RSS feed if you want to get it from there. Uh, there's a link on the Vicini website. On uh, well, There's a number of, actually, uh, podcasts that uh, we have listed, and I try to listen to uh, a number of them. Well, if, if, if they weren't listed, I'd, if I didn't listen to them, they wouldn't be listed. So should I drink that? We're first, though, right? Uh, yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, not alphabetical order, I don't think. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, when uh, the new format, if you've noticed, uh, I'm going to have a co-host at each show. So um, these guys came to mind rather quickly after listening to their shows and uh, being interviewed for their shows a couple times, too. That always helps. <laughs> we do a lot of live shows where we go out to beer fests and uh, just random events around town. And we'll interview the brewers. We interview uh, the distributors. Our favorite person right here, Tony the Beer Guy. 
and also the fans. If you ever see us at a craft beer festival, such as uh, we were at the Steel City Big Four this past weekend, best fest I've ever been to. Thank you. And uh, if you ever see us, come up and talk to us. We'll put you on the show. Uh, even if you don't want to go on the show, we'll still record you and use it later without your knowledge, unless you subscribe to us. <laughs> and another thing that we do have also is when you start drinking, we found out that people, when they have their cell phones with them, they want to call somebody. Everybody drunk dials, right? So we came up with the drunk dialing hotline. We've got a phone number. It's 412-223-7438 or SIDT if you're still using rotary phones or touch or whatever those other phones are. Call it. Leave us a message. Be as crazy as you want. Say whatever you want because really with our show, there, there are no restrictions. It's pretty much free reign. It's the Internet. It's the Wild Wild West. Have fun with it. So Victory Brewing, for those that don't know, and the, 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 the souvenir that you can take home is in front of you. Um, Downingtown, Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia. Um, this is also done as a decoction mash, which is somewhat unusual. A lot of breweries don't do that. This is, uh, in technical terms and simplistically putting it, um, the Germans used to do this when grain was under-modified. In other words, there wasn't enough they didn't convert the grain well enough in, in olden times. And um, they would make the, the beer once, which you, meaning you'd, you'd mash it, you'd put the hot water in, you'd draw the water off. Well, they'd heat the water again and put it back in the wort and, put it, and kind, of, kind of manually recycle it and start the process over again to make sure that they would get all the, they would convert the grain correctly. To, to hit the magic numbers that they needed. Um, and decoction mashes generally aren't done anymore because they're inefficient, they take more time, and the malts are generally modified well enough. But um, being this is a classic German style of beer that historically has been double decocted, um, these brewers want to be authentic and they do a double decoction mash. Um, which de definitely can drive up the price of the beer if they, if they want it because the labor's higher, the energy costs are higher. Um, but um, they want to be authentic, so this, is, um, this, this also changes the texture a little bit of the beer and makes it, I think, a little bit different. And it's also a labor of love, and it's a uh, classic. So there's another reason why it's a classic Mertzen lager. And Mertzen or Martzen, depending on how you pronounce it, and I've always butchered the English language well enough without doing the German. Um, Mertzen is the, is the word for Oktoberfest. And I've said this story a few times, and if you've heard it before, you can certainly plug your ears. But um, in Germany, the six brewers that were at the first Oktoberfest in 1810 are allowed to use the name Oktoberfest. Every other German brewery cannot use the word Oktoberfest, and it's written in their laws. So when we talk about the Germans being rigid and, and all those German stories of, you know, it, this is an example of, yes, it's true. Um, so what happens if they do break that law? Uh, they they spec send their beer to America, and they call it Oktoberfest. <laughs> um, oh, I said it back. Okay. But, um, but yeah, but... Uh, but as you can see, again, authentically, Victory doesn't use the word Oktoberfest on here. They just call it Fest Beer. Um, they want to be German. Um, the two brewers 
and co-owners from Victory are both trained in Germany at different brewing schools. So that saying about we went to school together at different schools uh, is true. Um, but um, but getting back to that, it's uh, the German law doesn't apply in America or anywhere else, so anybody can call their beer Oktoberfest. But in Germany, you'd only see six of them. Um, and that would be a trivia question, but I think we did that one last year. I think we so did. So I don't want to do the same question. I'll tell the same stories, but not the same. <laughs> do we, so, uh, would okay. we have any comments from our guests here tonight about this particular beer compared to other victory brews perhaps that we've had? Anyone? I'm getting a so-so over here. Okay, you just keep sipping, and I'll be over next half. Okay? So. Let me take the mic over here so everyone can hear. I do think it's less hoppy than a typical victory beer. They seem to be hop heads. They, they can be. They do, uh, they do some number of beers that are not, but it seems that the ones that they're known for are hoppy. Um, their Prima Pils is a hoppy pilsner. Their Hop Devil, obviously, is, as the name implies. Their Hop Wallop, another name that applies. Um, their lager is not very hoppy. It's a German-style Hellas. They have a new Saison out called Helios, which I think is um, is a very good beer, and it may uh, and it was always limited. And they're trying to they're changing the packaging to make it sell better, to make it more accessible. It's going to only be in 22 ounces, and but the price point is going to be lowered considerably, so it'll cost the same as any other case of Victory beer on the shelf. Where you generally 22 ounces historically, the breweries like to um, make more money. Um, this one will be priced the same. So if you see this Helios in a bottle shop for a 22-ounce, it should be priced well. I mean, you should be able, where the others are $7, this should be 5 The others are 9 this should be 6 um, So if you give that a try, it's not very hoppy either, but it's a Belgian-style Saison. And um, right now they're out of the beer. I tried to order more, and I guess everybody's catching on because of the, and it's also 7% which, I, again, I have a, a lot of um, or a number of um, beer people, and I don't like this, but it's, it's, a, it's a truism. They'll, I want my bang for my buck. Oh, 7%? It's this price. It's worth it. 4%? Uh, it's not worth it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tony, I have uh, just a question for you. So based on that educational uh, historical background you gave us, anytime we see a beer that's a dash fest beer, it's not an Oktoberfest beer. Are they trying to say this is this is made in that German style? Um, or can you not take that for granted? No, you, you may not. I mean, everybody has, you know, they have festivals, they have parties. Uh, they can put fest beer out or fest ale or something. But, but generally, again, the labels hopefully should help. This talks about the, the classic German Oktoberfest and it's made in the style. And, you know, gather with your friends. Um, but generally, uh, nine times out of ten, or the majority, the, the fest beers come out at this time, and a lot of people just truncate it. October fest, they call it fest. Okay. I think we're ready for our... Okay. For another beer, or... It's hard to find a good beer, but one place to go for some great information is beersafari.com. It can help you navigate through the jungle of beer. So check out beersafari.com.
a craft brewer. I am a craft brewer. I am a craft brewer. I love craft beer. I love craft beer. I am passionate about craft beer. For the past 50 years, beers in the hands of average Americans have been put there by admin, mega corporations, snake oil salesmen, people who promise one thing and deliver nothing, only focused on how much they're selling instead of what they're selling. But not anymore. But not anymore. Over the last several years, craft brewing has been the fastest growing beer segment in the United States. And we're just getting warmed up. Tell me I can't do it. Tell me my beers won't sell. Call me naive. Call me a revolutionary. Craft brewing is innovation, independence, curiosity, collaboration, character, and family. It's built on the American dream. Craft brewing has integrity, tradition, a style all its own. Craft brewers make their community a better place. Craft brewing from America is spreading around the world. We are small, community supportive, authentic, local, and diverse. We are risk takers. We are hard working. We don't chase after trends, we create them. A little over 100 years ago, there were 3,000 breweries in the United States. Around that same time, mega corporations decided to put corn in their beer. They decided to put rice in their beer. I don't put corn in my beer. I don't put rice in my beer. Everything I put in my beer. I choose because it enhances the flavor. I am not afraid. I'm not afraid of brewing my beer to be more interesting rather than less. If you want lowest common denominator beer, that's up to you. I won't have any part of it. These are unprecedented times in the history of American brewing. While the monolithic industrial brewers have continued to get more monolithic, it's craft brewers that have been capturing the hearts and minds of the American public. Today, America is considered by experts and beer enthusiasts everywhere as being the most exciting place in the world for great beer. American craft brewers are proud to have changed the reputation of beer in this country from lowly to elevated. Even though we make up just under 5% of the brewing industry, craft brewers have created a movement whose momentum cannot be stopped. We are socially conscious, stylistically adventurous, and categorically devoted to creating great craft beer. We must, we must, we must illuminate our strengths, keep true to our standards, educate those who seek to understand what we have created. We must draw hard lines. We must expose those who would seek to capitalize on what we have created. We must not chase after those who do not understand or care about what we do. We believe in quality, bold character, fun, responsibility, and we believe in pushing the boundaries. We are the heart and soul of the beer industry. We are all, we are all, we are all craft brewers. We must honor and hold true to our craft. We must honor and hold true to our integrity. We must honor and hold true to each other. We must spread the message. I'd like to raise a toast for beers that were collaboratively brewed. I helped brew one of these beers. I helped brew one of these beers. I helped brew one of these beers. I totally helped brew one of these beers. So did I. Me too. To you. To us. On three, then cheers. One, two.
That was part of the, um, the opening at the Craft Brewers Conference that was held in Boston a few months ago. It was put together by Craig Cook from Stone Brewing, and, um, and I've, I've had that on the Vicini website, and there's a, there's a longer version of it, too. And unbeknownst to me, um, Doug here wanted to do it tonight, and I said, Oh, oh by the way, we're showing it. a video. Oh. <laughs> I'll let you know. I don't have any more surprises, I don't think. No. But um, it is um, a tearjerker. No, sir. It's the best spot. It's the best advertisement for craft beer I've ever seen. Yeah, I, didn't, I, talk, I, didn't... I talked to Greg Cook about this, and he said um, what they did is they bought a, I think they bought or they either rented. I think they bought it. It was just a small camcorder, but it was more professional, but it was a really small one, and they actually mailed that around the country for a couple months. So they sent that to those people that are on there and, and, and did a little... I don't know how they did it, but they must have had a little uh, script so when they could edit it all together, it, it made sense. But they, they, that, that camcorder was in the mail. They would mail it to a brewery. The brewery would mail it back. They'd take off the video. They'd mail it back to somebody else. That camcorder was all over the country for two months. I'm surprised mm -hmm. Sam gave it back. Because <laughs> he's been making a lot of videos recently on YouTube, and you know it probably came from that camera. Nah, no, they have their own. <laughs> He's talking about Sam Calagione from Dogfish. Which is the next beer. Our next beer. So let's Can do I it. segue it or what? <laughs> That's definitely one of my favorite uh, breweries and a, a great place to go visit if you're down on the East Coast near Rehoboth Beach. Uh, wonderful people down there, a wonderful brewery. They just treat you like royalty when you go in. And they make some dynamite beer. So as I said earlier, I believe pumpkin beers are all the rage right now. Um, so there's a lot of them on the market. A couple years ago, um, the Ale Street News, which there are some copies of the current over there, if anybody would like them, did a, um, a tasting for the magazine for, for pumpkin beers. And they tasted, I don't know, maybe 15 and they got a panel that I would be proud of. It kind of like uh, we'll do in here with six or seven people and just drink pumpkin beers all night. And tell 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 what they rate them and say what you think. Um, do you chug any of them? Because this could no. be a rough night with some of these. But the this 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 was the beer that won the uh, the best pumpkin beer as awarded by Ale Street News. Um, and. Uh, Dogfish Head is a, is a good marketing company, as you said. Uh, they're on YouTube. They do a lot of things. Well, every box of this beer says, we won, <laughs> we won the Hill Street News Award. <laughs> hey, they take pride in their awards. Yes. You've got to give them credit for that. But the uh, aroma to this, the aroma is the first thing that should be uh, utilized or, or, or um, what's the right word, uh, felt. Very aromatic. Definitely reminds you of spices, pumpkin pie. Recognized is the word, perhaps. Thank you. You weren't kidding about that mastery of the English language, were you, Tony? Yes, yes. I've, I'm a pro at butchering. You're, you're a beer guy. <laughs> I think she picks on you more than I do. Hey, we've been doing this for a few years now. Um, and I like it. Yes. Yeah. 
So this pumpkin beer, in my opinion, is one of the more restrained ones out there. You definitely know it's pumpkin, but it's not the pumpkin pie in your face, which some people really like. Um, and, you know, there's a place for all of them. In fact, um, what uh, Susan had uh, would folks, ask folks, a little earlier, gonna, unless, that, unless that you if you'd like, to, to, Tony, if you'd like to stay later. If I was going to say, but we can't have detention tonight. No, but you can do no, self-detention. You can do self-detention. But There is you, another pumpkin beer on tap tonight that just went on today. So if you like pumpkin beers, this one I believe is the most restrained or the most complex um, of them. And the other side of the pumpkin coin is on tap out there. It's called Screaming Pumpkin. And it is, the, it is the pumpkin pie in your face. <laughs> so you can get the bookends, I believe. Um, uh, there are also some other pumpkin, imperial pumpkins out there that are much higher in alcohol, which would be the, like the third leg of the chair. But we're only going to do two legs tonight. Folks, if we can just take that noise down just a little bit so that everybody can hear and the recording is... Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to you. tell you to stay later and talk to us and try the Screaming Pumpkin later and compare it. But um, on to this one. There's a lot of brown sugar in it. Um, and as the, as the label tells you straight up, allspice, cinnamon, nutmeg. Um, real pumpkins are in it. Um, this, a little story of this. This was introduced a handful of years ago, maybe five. But it was actually made as, a, as an experimental beer at their brew pub. And they did it because uh, in Dover, Delaware, every year the, um, the Ivy League schools get together and do a pumpkin chucking contest. And they do um, catapults. They all design catapults and take them down to the uh, beach and, and sling old pumpkins. So Sam Calagione, the bright guy that he is, says, I'll be the official beer of the pumpkin chucking event in Delaware. And called him up and said, you guys, and they're college students, you want free beer? <laughs> so you're saying beer and explosives go together. Yeah. All right. So he, and then he's like, well, okay. They said yes. And he goes, well, what am I going to do? Um, we'll do a pumpkin beer. <laughs> and that's how it was born. I do have to say, I think the, uh, the alcohol is a little bit stronger for my taste. Um, I'm getting a lot of the nutmeg out of this which isn't always a bad thing for some people, but I'm the pie-in-the-face guy. Okay. I, I have no problem with that. I think that Screaming Pumpkin out there is fantastic. I do also respect the style that Dogfish has created here with the pumpkin ale. It's, I mean, some people are into the higher alcohol. They're into the nutmeg, and that's perfectly fine. It's just not my kind of beer. So would I chug it? Well, yeah, of course. It's okay. at 7% alcohol. Of course okay. I'm going to chug it. <laughs> I do also respect everything that Sam does, and that's the main thing, too, that we want to stress is even though we take the comedy side of, okay, yeah, we're going to chug a beer, we do respect everything that craft brewers do. And this is an art form. And, I mean, these guys are artists. They're rock stars to us. And, yeah, go ahead and laugh. You can laugh at that. Go and mock me all you want. This is what the show is all about. We get it a lot. But seriously, they are rock stars, and the stuff that they're creating is, is unreal. What one person may not like, the other person's going to love, and they're going to be passionate about it, and that person could get in the craft beer. I'll admit, I used to be a rolling rock drinker. I know, I know, I know. I'm originally from Erie. We didn't have much more than rolling rock, all right? But when I came to Pittsburgh, I found out about craft beer. It, was, it took one person to give me a good craft beer, which... Actually, happened to be Erie Railbender. 
Yeah. And it was from that beer that I got a passion for craft beer. So just because you don't like a beer doesn't necessarily mean somebody else isn't going to like it too. Be open-minded to everybody's opinion. Don't slam them because they don't like a beer. I didn't realize you still had your mouth full. I kept on going. <laughs> yeah, my take on it is, is the same. I get to the same point, but I tell it a different way. I do a lot of business in restaurants and bars and food, and I try to tell them, well, you got a menu in your restaurant. It's five pages. You have that because not everybody likes the same food. It's the same with the beer. Well, I, will, I will add that, you know, when we started uh, these craft beer classes uh, now two years ago, the whole idea was not everybody's going to like everything, but at least you'll know whether you like it or not, and you'll start to acquire more knowledge about beers that maybe you don't get, you don't see when you go out, but you know to ask for them now if you like them. And, it's, and that's what makes the world go round. We do, uh, we do a little bit of everything. You don't, we don't expect you to like all of them, but we hope that you enjoy it and appreciate the craft that goes into making these particular beers. It's not, uh, I don't want to say any names, you know, it's not your typical beer night out, that's for sure. It's a little bit different. It's, to me, a little bit classier. It's a lot tastier. No rice, no additives, no corn. Makes a big difference in a craft beer. You know, I think the other thing, too, is if you have that friend who drinks Bud Coors and Miller and goes, I ain't going to drink that stuff, that's $5 a bottle. Well, you know what? Give them something good. Let them try something new. They just may not know that there's other alternatives out there to the Bud Coors Miller that they're drinking. I'm not saying they're bad beers, but I'm just saying we drink better stuff. Agreed. And the I same agree. thing goes with your menus. When you're out at restaurants and you see all these wines listed for, you know, food pairings, say, what about beer? What do you guys have that I can match with beer? And if they don't have anything, start to educate them. You know, talk to your servers. Talk to, you know, whomever will come over and just say, you know what would be a really great beer to go with this sandwich? And I actually had that happen at Houlihan's out in Cranberry. Your beer selection was kind of shaky at first, and I told the server, you know, what I would drink with the particular meal I was having. It's a big, fat steak. And um, the owner or the manager came over and said, okay, well, what would you drink with this? And I, I told him a couple different IPAs that I was really fond of and some smoked porters. And he said, well, you know, I appreciate your view, and corporate tells us basically what we're supposed to serve, but we are open to other ideas. I'm glad you said something. And now you're going to find a couple more craft beers on their menu in Cranberry. i got to plug that one. Okay. That's the only one I've been to. But. Well, how about the uh, Houlihan's at the Galleria? They have Hop Devil on tap. You want me to leave the north? <laughs> no, but we're working together separately. <laughs> That's you right. did. You cover you did, the south. I'll cover the north. You got hula hands and cranberry to do something. <laughs> then I got hula hands in the gallery to do something. Uh, <laughs> all right, we have a question over here. Where? I can't see with the light. Not so much of a question, but a comment. Uh, Father-in-law who drinks just butter, Bud Light, and over the years since we've become educated in in craft beers, um, initially he would turn up his nose to anything that we were drinking. And now we've got him to the point that um, he's willing to try. But what we did was we started him off on craft pilsners or craft lagers, trying to equate the Budweiser but go one step further. And that has gotten him now to when we go out to eat, he'll have us pick a beer for him. And he won't always like it, but he's still now willing to try. So just a quick comment. 
Yeah, half, half steps are the way to go, uh, as opposed to off the edge of the table. You know, if they drink Coors Light, don't give them the brew dog. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I actually have a story about that. I was going to say, uh, bring them to craft beer school. I wouldn't normally make this comment, but I have a mic, and so I will. Uh, Randy. Hello, Randy. This Hi, is Randy. the manager for the Cabaret Theater Square, Randy Kirk. My, uh, thank you. Uh, welcome. Welcome, everyone. But similarly, uh, my wife was a, uh, she would drink uh, Miller Lite pretty much exclusively, but then uh, I introduced her to Straub, and she enjoyed Straub, and then uh, Wheat Beers, like a Blue Moon, and now she really enjoys uh, Trogue's Dreamweaver, and as well as Penn, as well as uh, Penn's uh, uh, Wheat Beer as well. Yeah, the Half White. It's very good. Do you have a question also, sir? Anyone else uh, want to be heard before we take our short little break here? I have just a couple. Actually, there, there's something I want to add to that, too. What, you have to uh, wait until I'm done uh, with my announcements. Well, you, oh, fine, I'll wait. No. I got a microphone, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, teacher. All right, Father. <laughs> and stage lighting. You go right You'll ahead. You'll have to go to penance. No, I'm waiting. Go ahead. Make sure you're cool. No, no, it's All okay. Right. Go ahead. All right, fine. Go ahead. No, I just want to add that um, my family up in Erie is, uh, there are a lot of the big macro drinkers. They, they drink the Bud Coors Miller, Corona with a lime. And uh, my mom is also a, like a big Bud Light fan. And she every time I go home and every time my brother goes home with me, uh, we always try to bring craft beer into the house just to kind of get her to try something. Uh, my mom's also in her mid to late 70s, so she really doesn't want to change her ways. She's pretty much set. I'm drinking Bud Light, that's it, get this other stuff out of the house. So the one summer when my brother and I were up there, we took up some Southern Tier. It was some of their wheat beer. And she thought it was just the greatest thing in the world. She had no idea this was beer. She's like, this tastes so much better than Bud. There's flavor in this. It's crisp. I love this. And... Then I gave her a dogfish 90 minute, and she said, what's all this hops and malt? Uh -huh. But she did try it, though. I mean, that's the thing. And every time we go up there, she says, can you get me some of that other beer? I also made the mistake of giving her some of uh, Omegang's, uh, their Abbey Ale. That was a big mistake, too. Uh, apparently, why, it was a little was strong. That? Oh. Yeah, and she said, can you give me some of uh, that wheat stuff again? <laughs> so I sat down with my $9 bomber of beer and gave her, like, a $4 bottle of beer, and everything was fine. That's all I had to say, really. Thank you. Aren't you glad you waited? Yes. <laughs> all right, here's where we're going to take our short break. You've got a uh, trivia question on your table. If you have filled it in, great. We're going to start collecting those at the break. But I will also want to mention, if you have any comments regarding either of our speakers, especially <clears throat> Father Spoon here tonight, um, no, either of them, or the beers, or if you have a suggestion of something that you would like to see touted here at Craft Beer School. Uh, a lot of things we've already covered, but, and we try not to repeat ourselves here, but uh, we're certainly willing to read any of the comments. Just put those on the back of your form, and we'll come around and collect those in a couple of minutes. Um, we'll have some giveaway prizes at the end. But now if you need to hit the restrooms, they're out in the hallway. We're going to take a few minutes here just to clean the plates away from you so you can work on the last two beers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back to your seats, and please welcome Tony Pias, the chef from Cafe Zao and the Cabaret Kitchen. Hi, good evening. 
you know, it's so beautiful to see everybody. The only sad part about it is that means that summer is over. But uh, it's nice to see everybody. Anyhow, how are you doing, Tony? Fine, Tony. You still looking good? Uh, well, yeah. yeah really good. Nice to meet you. Too good. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, before I get into the, um, the recipes, you know, i just like to mention to you that uh, next door at Café Zão, uh, we are running a, beauty, a beautiful special. Uh, we call Wines Around the World. It's a six-course dinner with no, yeah, six-course dinner with five different wines for forty-five dollars. You know, which I think is maybe the deal of the century. Uh, they, of course, they won't be like huge portions. <laughs> They're six small courses, <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's really nice. You know, beautiful value. And uh, for the recipes this evening. Uh, the kabasi, we steamed that in a little bit of uh, water and beer, and then we finished it in the oven, and of course served with the caramelized onions, very nice and simple. Uh, the pumpkin soup, uh, we start by sauteing the onion with carrots with a little bit of celery and uh, some kabasi. Uh, then we add a little bit of beer, water, pumpkin, a little touch of allspice, and a um, little, little touch of nutmeg. Then add the cream, bring it to a boil, salt and pepper, to add the whole thing, and that's it. Nice and simple. All right. Good to see you. Enjoy. Oh, and by the way, I, I hope to see everybody next door. <laughs> Thank you. Tony shares his recipes with us, and they are up here on our brochure table. If you want to pick some uh, copies of his menu up here, uh, you're welcome to help yourself. We also have publications that uh, Vicini's has brought down. Also, Douglas has brought down some publications, business cards, and they both have sign-up sheets for email. If you want to receive emails from either Vicini's Distributing or from the Should I Drink That Bad Boys, you're welcome to sign up here on their um, mailing list. Those are up here as well. All right, so it's time to get to beer number three. And before we do that, we need something from Bob. Hey, this is Dr. Tiki from TikiBarTV.com, and here's a quick recipe for you. Two parts gin, one part cranberry juice, one part olive oil, splash of bitters, two shakes of pepper, a splash of Tabasco, a hit of Worcestershire sauce, and a shot of scotch. Ale, of course. Should I drink that? Hell no, and neither should you. Uh, one thing that we do with our show is, in between beers, uh, like I said, our show is usually about an hour long. It actually takes us about three to four hours to record it. So if you think that we go from zero to drunk in 60 minutes, I know you're really way off. There's a lot of editing that has to go on and usually a lot of slurring by the end of the show. So we do have these little cuts in between, which, um, you know, thankfully Bob's playing that for us, so I know where to edit the show also later. Uh, which you will be able to download that from shouldidrinkthat.com. Uh, hopefully the audio turns out, so this is the first time we've tried a live show like this. But uh, you should be able to hear that uh, within the next week or so. Uh, we do also have the Steel City Big Pour, which we recorded over the weekend, so uh, it'll probably be that one then this show, unless Susan wants to pay me some money and pimp it a little bit quicker. Or give me beer, too. That works. I'll work for beer. You just have to watch what you say to me, though, because, you know... I told you I wasn't going to drop any F-bombs tonight. 
He did. He I'm promised being me very that. nice. He promised me that tonight. I said, I, I just don't know if You're this audience sick would go You're lucky not here right now. <laughs> I, I'm going to go back to looking at these. Go for it. You hit the beer. We'll drink the beer. We'll drink the beer. And you got the opener. So a uh, short background on this brewery when you're uh, pouring the beer, drinking the beer. This is an a India Pale Ale, an IPA. It's the hoppiest beer for the night. It is um, unlike any other Scotch beer you're going to taste. The Scotch are known for their frugal use of, of hops. And I tell the story that, the, uh, that you talk about the Scots don't like the English, even though they're all in the U.K. Um, above the uh, Hadrian Wall, Scots are, hops don't grow very well. The, the, um, the um, climate isn't good for, for hops in Scotland. So they have to, traditionally, they've always bought the, the hops from England, and since they don't like the English and A, and B, they're frugal, they hardly use any hops in their beers. Um, but these, this brewery is doing Americanized-type beers in Scotland, and they're catching a lot of flack for it. Um, they've been in a lot of uh, English newspapers uh, lately. Um, they made the highest alcohol beer in Scotland. And they all got uh, about uh, drunken driving, binge drinking, and their retort was, "Well, in the land of Scotch whiskey, we're not even near that in alcohol." Um, but um, this beer is um, has some uniqueness to it that is a bit subtle. Um, they like to do American type beers, but they change it around a little. Um, this is their their um, flagship beer, and they like to say they're a punk brewery. So this is Punk IPA. It's by two, two friends that are now 27 years old. They started this, beer, this brewery a little over in the beginning of 2007. Um, so they're not very old at all. Um, they're now, as you can see, in America. Um, they're also in 14 different countries now. And they're getting um, accolades from the better beer people that have been... Uh, been like uh, we've been waiting for good beer in England. England has is, is also been kind of wishy-washy, a lot of mild ales. Um, everything is with the same type hop, not very adventuresome. This beer is. It's hoppy. It's light-looking. It's also uh, very under-filtered, so it's going to look a little hazy. Um, the Americans, though, tend to dry hop their beers, and I've talked about dry hopping before. But that's when you add hops after the fermentation to kind of um, add to it. These guys, this is not dry hopped. And this is, without knowing that, everyone would, I would think it was dry hopped. But I did some research on it while I'm drinking the beer at home, studying for this school. I did some research. Um, and they, um, they do not, everything is kettle boiled hops. They, they thought that that would make it um, a little less American type because all the Americans do dry hopping, so we can do it without that. Um, but to me, it still tastes wonderful. But uh, with the attitude we're getting from it, it seems a little bit like they're the uh, Scottish Stone. They are. Um, they're friends with Stone Brewing. That was a trivia question, people. Um, There's your answer. And they did a collaboration beer with Stone already. Uh, the one brewer went to uh, Southern California and made a beer with them, and they're going to release it. Uh, it's a black IPA, a dark IPA, um, and I don't think it's been released yet, but generally the collaboration beers from Stone, unfortunately, are small batches, 
and they generally keep them out west, which means I keep arguing with them, but they don't send them to me. Um, um, but I thought this was a, a good brew to uh, try, and it comes in this large bottle, 22 ounce, um, and, and we were going to do another 22 ounce, so I thought we would make it a combo of 22 ounces tonight, which we generally don't do. But um, well, here's one of the things I like about this, too, is I'm getting like a nice malt type blanket over my palate. Meanwhile, there's a huge hot punch right in the top of my mouth, which is very uncommon for a lot of the IPAs that I've had. And they've um, been able to manage this perfectly. It's a nice, perfect balance. It's complex, yet it's balanced. It is, um, and I think that without dry hopping it, it hasn't gone over the top. No, this is perfect. Um, they like to say that there's pineapple. They taste pineapple in it. And, and it's kind of a little, a little uh, place it in your mind now, now think pineapple, now drink it. <laughs> oh, I can find it now. <laughs> I'm not getting pineapple. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, can and everyone, these guys can everyone hear in, in the back? Can you hear in the back? Also, in honor of tonight um, being a podcast and techie and internet and all that, <laughs> all that stuff, which I, I tend to, to be a very amateur at, but um, amateur enough that I can say the, I think I say the right words, and my company, the little company that I'm with, thinks I'm the computer expert. Uh, that makes, oh, help. But, um, but in any event, um, these guys are big on the Internet. Um, when they started out, they had very little money. They're in northern Scotland among the, the Scotch whiskey distillers. Um, their background is fishing. Um, the economic, uh, the European common market has, has um, put quotas on fishing in, in Scotland now. So these guys decided to get in. The family business was fishing, and it still is, but not as much. So they decided, let's do beer. Um, and they actually, the one went to distilling school in Scotland, then went to uh, England and brewed for a little bit, and then he came back to Scotland, and him and his, his uh, childhood friend decided to start the brewery. And as I said, it was started in 2007. Um, they had a hard time selling these type of beers to their Scotch brethren who were used to mild English ales. Um, or Scottish ales, um, so they went on the internet and started selling the beer and did podcasts and and did YouTubes and did all kinds of things to get them going, and and now their beers are sold in 14 countries um, because the power of the internet is driving this beer, um, and the way that um, Vicini Distributing got the beer is also another little story in that if you came to beer school before, one of the beer schools we had was Cooper's Ales from Australia. When Pittsburgh had Australian Week, um, the cabaret and beer school got involved and tied up, the, tied up the box a little bit by having an Australian tasting. And we decided to do Cooper's, mainly because I sell Cooper's. Um, and a Cooper's is a good beer. Um, but the importer for Cooper's in America is bread and butter is actually Scotch whiskeys and wines. And when they approached me saying, well, we have a second beer now, and we want to know if you guys want to bring it into Pittsburgh, and they said it was BrewDog, and I had already known something about BrewDog because I'm on the Internet. 
hunting down beers, and, and I found it. Your web's and savvy said, like that. I said, how did you guys get BrewDog? You only do one beer, and it's from Australia. Well, we do Scotch whiskeys, and we know the distillers who know these kids. So we had an in, and all the other importers were kind of wanted the beer, but, you know, they had a little network with the Scotch distillers, and they went with the, the importer out of California who only had one beer, and they also believe they'll get a lot of attention there because they're two beers instead of a lot of beer. So, um, so I, you know, we brought it to Pittsburgh, and here it is, and it hasn't been here too long. Um, they also do a number of beers called Paradox, which is in a 11.2-ounce bottle, uh, the European size of 12. Um, and they do a, a imperial stout that is about 9%, and they age it in scotch whiskey barrels that they're getting from their friends in the distilleries. And no other brewery has access to these cask ales. And they're all different. The same beer starts, and when it comes out eight months later, or some time frame like that, um, the beers are completely different. And I've tried four of them, and one is called Smokehead, which will very smoky. The others are a little less, and they name them after the region that they're from. And I don't pretend to know Scotch whiskeys, so I, I cannot translate well. But some are Isle of Iran, some are uh, Spivey, some are... Um, Springbok, Springbank, um, and they change all the time until the casts are gone. They also have another little story that I know Doug knows um, about, and um, as I told people before, IPAs originally were shipped to India on wooden, wooden ships and sailing, and they'd be on the ocean for some months. So these guys took it another, a modernized step because their families are fishermen, and they still fish for a few months a year in Scotland, but they can't do it year-round. So recently, Doug knows the story. We'll let him. They actually documented everything on YouTube. And they went out to sea for about 100 and some days with a couple barrels of beer and did the traditional IPA. But uh, the difference was they used newfangled boats and radar and everything else to make sure that they wouldn't get lost. But they did document everything. And if you check out the uh, BrewDog website, uh, I believe they have a link on their YouTube site also, uh, there's a full documentation of everything that they went through to get that beer out to sea for over 100 and some days and then get it back in. Basically, it's a bunch of drunken sailors <laughs> with really good beer. So they, they went out for their fishing, their allotment of fishing, which is basically three months, and they took some beer that their sons had made. You know, the father's still out fishing with the family, so they took a few casks of beer out, strapped them on board the ship, and, and acted like the old days but with modern brewing and modern uh, hops and all that, but they, they kind of replicated what it would have sailing to India. Now, thank God those pirates never found out that they were out there. All the boats that they were going after, they never went after the beer guys. Well, they're in the North Atlantic where it's like freezing. So they got Vikings, whatever. Okay. Now, everyone's going to have time if they want to stay and finish and relax their beers. But at this point, if I can ask you guys, can we possibly, one, move towards the fourth beer? Sure. Because we have lots of giveaways tonight. Okay. And we want to make sure there's time for that. But also, uh, Douglas, would yes. you explain uh, what the red pipe is that's sitting uh, on the desk? Anybody know what this is? Besides a red pipe. 
No, we can't say that word here. G20 is coming up. We can't say bomb. We can't say what? Boo. Okay. <laughs> no? No takers? This is a gray kangaroo personal alcohol filter. It's not one of these. And it's not a pipe. It's an alcohol filter. And we happen to also sell these off our website, shouldidrinkthat.com. For $5, uh, you can get refills on this. Basically, it's a Brita for your alcohol. You buy that you know, $7.99 bottle of, uh, I don't know, Crystal Palace gin, whatever. You put it in the top. This will filter it. It's got a charcoal filter in it, just like a Brita. But it goes a lot faster. And it purifies it at the bottom. So it takes the stink out of your drink and guarantees no hangovers. Whoa. There you go. All right. Thank you. Thank you. By chance, this happened to make it in my back, and Susan goes, what is that thing? It's Trogue's time. Greatkangaroo.com. Actually, go to shouldidrinkthat.com. Buy it off there. <laughs> so, uh, well, no, the filters are $5.99, or you can get a lifetime for, I believe, $39.95. But it's lifetime filters, and it's actually a Pennsylvania product. Some alcoholic out in Philadelphia came up with this idea. He runs around town dressed as a gray kangaroo. Go to the site, you'll see the pictures. I told you this was going to be a different night. Oh, we got a lot of stuff. Trogs. Philadelphia. Speaking of Philadelphia. <laughs> so the fourth beer is from Trogues Brewery, which if you've attended beer school in any capacity, generally we talk about Trogues or it comes up or every other, I think, no, not that quite, but we've done Trogues before. Uh, the, the two brothers, the owners, uh, Chris and John, were here. Um, this is their newest beer. It just came out. Um, and as Doug and I were talking about doing beers not that long ago, um, we didn't do a lot of planning for this show. But that's good. This is what it is, you know. Um, that is not what you told me today. Uh, I've spent the last seven months planning for this night. So we discussed the beers, and Doug actually said, did the uh, new trugs come out yet? And I went, you're right. It's at the loading dock right now. They're unloading the truck. By glory, we can do it. So we put it on the we put it on the bill. So um, that was about three days ago. Um, so we decided to do the beer, and it was uh, it was Doug brought it up, and I. It was fortuitous. It happened. Um, so it, if you like it, thank me. If you hate it, it's Tony's fault. Yes. Um, it is a coffee beer. It is with oatmeal also in it. And, and we figured that it, since it was coffee and kind of like the end of a dinner, uh, the end of an evening, uh, the end of anything, kind of coffee either goes good at the beginning or the end. And since this was a big, a big beer with coffee in it, wow. it, it was the finale. This is a great way to end the evening. <laughs> or, or go to the next part of the evening. But um, Great way to end the show on yes. a beer. So Java Head Stout, the, uh, the label kind of looks like a, a head there with, uh, in the background with uh, uh, coffee kettles and coffee and, and stout brewed with coffee beans. Um, they went to a local roaster in Harrisburg and had him do up a blend that they liked, and they're, uh, they're putting the coffee... So it's grown with locally roasted or brewed with locally roasted coffee to them. A few years ago, they did a oatmeal stout that they discontinued. Um, 
because it had uh, production problems, the stuck mashes, meaning what I talked about earlier was when you infuse the beer and run the water through it, it becomes wort. Um, it wouldn't run through. The oatmeal was clogging it up, and they needed to make a lot of beer, and it just was, it was, it impinged other, other beers. So this is a, a uh, smaller run. It's only available in 22-ounce bottles. There is no draft. There is no 12-ounce. So they've made a, basically a smaller batch of their oatmeal stout and added the coffee. So it is a um, little bit of alcohol in it, 7.5%. And I tell people if you like coffee, you'll like the beer. If you don't like coffee... I still like the beer. I okay. actually can't stand coffee, oh. but I love this beer. I love a then lot I'm of coffee. Well, there's alcohol in it. Why not? <laughs> okay. No, but seriously, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I love coffee beers for some reason. Who would have known? I, I don't know. <laughs> but no, it's delicious. It's If Starbucks would start selling this stuff, you'd, you'd find me with there every morning, especially the drive-thru one in Cranberry. I'd be there every day. <laughs> the take it home, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, we have time right now for questions and answers, if uh, or comments, if anyone would like to make one. Um, I'm certain as I. I'm sorry. You have another announcement. Of course I do. I have a podcast. I got a lot to talk about, but okay. I will make this nice and quick because I know we're strapped on time. Okay, Douglas. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that we like to do with our podcast is we talk about local events. We are a Pittsburgh podcast. We want everyone to know Pittsburgh's a pretty kick-ass town for craft beer. We want you to come to Pittsburgh and southwestern Pennsylvania to appreciate it. So we have three events coming up that I want to make sure everybody knows about. The first one kind of involves beer, but it really involves bacon. Yeah! It's the Blue Ribbon Bacon Tour, which you can find out more from at MrBaconPants.com. You're serious. I'm dead serious. I, I know the guy. I know Jason. He's a good guy. This is Saturday, September 26th from 11 till 4 p.m. at the Harris Grill. $30 a person. Now, listen to this tentative menu. Bacon pierogies, bacon-wrapped shrimp, bacon brittle, bacon wings. Oh, very good. Bacon sushi, chicken fried bacon, and bacon cupcake. Does that sound good? And there's a rumor that there may be bacon beer. They're working on it. The next part is it's kind of a two-parter. The other thing that we do, too, on all of our shows is we like to give stuff away. We like to give a lot of stuff away. Tony, if you want to give us anything to give away, just letting you know. Susan, hey. We have a contest. We're going to give away... Kind of a little uh, prize package here for two upcoming beer fests. We're going to give you two tickets to get drunk on us. The first one is Brewing Up a Cure, which you can get to at brewingupacure.org. Uh, it does sponsor cystic fibrosis. It's Saturday, October 17th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Pittsburgh Athletic Association. VIP tickets are sold out, or you could purchase them for 30 bucks, but we're giving away two, two tickets for that one. Uh, last year, they raised $22,000 in the name of Sadie Soldiers for Sadie Lane Tarek, who 
Uh, her father, Shane, is the organizer for this. So it's a great cause. Uh, there's going to be over 50 different home brews that are going to be available through uh, Troub, which is the group that sponsors it, Three Rivers Underground Brewers. And then also we're giving away two tickets for the Pittsburgh Brewfest, which is pghrugby.com slash brewfest.html. There's links off of our site if you don't remember all these URLs. That's fine. And that is Friday, November 13th. It's 30 bucks all you can drink, located at the Bar Room, Saddle Ridge, and Steelhouse Station Square from 6 to 9 p.m. There's also information for all these over here at the table. We're giving away two tickets for this. All you got to do is go to the shouldidrinkthat.com website once the show's released. So you got to wait a little bit. Go to the con or go to the contest section. All you got to do is fill out your name and your email address so we know how to get a hold of you. That's it. We're not going to spam you, nothing else. You get two tickets to two fests. You can't beat that. This is over a, uh, we'll say, $1,000 value. Sure. Okay. So there you go. We're giving away two tickets, two beer fests. Go check that out when the show's released. Keep going to shouldidrinkthat.com. And I do have one last one. One last one, I swear. This is it. So you're getting into podcasting. You're finding out we got a radio show. You might want to learn a little bit more about that and about blogging. We've got PodCamp Pittsburgh 4 coming up. If you've never heard of PodCamp Pittsburgh, it's a free, free, unconference. That means you can go to any session you want and leave. If you don't like it, you're like, this guy's a jerk, you can leave. I have a session. You can leave my session if you want, but I don't suggest it. You'll learn about podcasting, about blogging, about vlogging, about pretty much anything social media that you want to learn about. If you have a business, you want to get into social media, this is the place you want to be. It is October 10th and 11th at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Like I said, free, so there's no budget that you have to get approved. Go to it. Go check it out. Go to podcamppittsburgh.com for all the information. You'll see the speakers, like me. And, um, yeah, go check it out. There's a lot of big names that are coming in. Uh, there's a couple of people here tonight that are going to be given sessions, but they told me not to single them out, so I won't. But yeah, go check that out. Uh, Pittsburgh has a very big social media community, one of the biggest in the nation. And coming off the heels of G20, we want the world to know Pittsburgh's the place to be. We got great craft beer. We got great podcasters and new media. Come check out Pittsburgh. That's it. And I love you. Love you all. All right. Thank you very much. It's, it's quite all right. <laughs> Anybody here in a huge hurry? It's okay with me. Clint and Stephanie. Ah, oh, stand up. Get your beers ready. They're getting married in three days, folks. Is that sweet? That is so sweet. And you know, most people would be like insane with wedding stuff, and you're here at beer school. It's great. Take time for yourself. That's really good. All right, so we did the trivia question, and Tony gave the answer away not once, but twice tonight. Okay, he gave the answer away. Well, well he gave it away first after. before you turned him in, and then again afterward. The correct answer, uh, Tony, do you have the question in front of you? I don't have it right here. Um, you want to read it out to everyone? Well, I have, I have the way I sent it to you. I don't have the, the final, but... Um, All right, never mind. Okay. Never mind, Tony. I'll do it myself. <laughs> Stone Brewing, which was featured on one of our Meet the Brewers classes, has a special relationship with one of tonight's breweries. A collaboration beer was made at Stone's Southern California Brewery with Mitch Steele, head brewer of Stone's and James Watt of which? Was it Victory? Was it Dogfish Head? Was it Brew Dog? Or was it Trugs? True? 
It was Brewdog. The correct answer was the Scots. Brewdog. Now, I have actually, um, we, had, we had mostly correct answers tonight, but we also have a lot of prizes, so that's not a problem. Um, we did have some incorrect answers tonight, and we don't believe that anybody here is a loser. We really don't, even, even though you might have gotten it wrong. And I'm going to draw attention to you now so that everybody knows you got the answer to this question wrong. Um, so, that being said, I've chosen some incorrect or actually not completely accurate answers, oh, not completely accurate cool. answers from the bin, and those people are going to win a very special prize tonight. It's Ronnie Kennedy, and I've got just a few of these. These are in high demand. It says, Accord Accordion Irish Melodies. It's a CD full of wonderful Irish tunes all played on the accordion for hours and hours and hours. So it, you may not want it when you start drinking, but if you put this on halfway through, you're bound to have a good night. And the following people, your names have been chosen. So if you'll just come up here, I've got a few of these copies up here on the table. I told you they were in demand. All right, the following people, Jeffrey Loudon. Jeff Mishler, Kevin Barletta, Jane Walsh, Digger McElliott, Darlene Kuslick, Bill Trotsky, Bill Conrad. Congratulations, losers. Okay, give a hand, if you would, to our staff at the back who have taken care of you all night. Mr. Bob Bowman up in the tech deck running my sound and lights tonight. Randy Kirk, manager here at the Cabaret. It's been wonderful having class with you. You don't have to run anywhere. You're welcome to stay if you want, but we're going to end this session. If I could, just one last huge round of applause for these great guys that spent their time with you tonight. It's been a joy having them here, and I think we might even let Douglas graduate from beer school if he comes to a few more classes. Right. What do you say, Douglas? And all remember, right, you all. even if it's crap, we drink it so you don't have to.